Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgren, Bill Belichick were all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the 49er Faithful UK Show. On tonight's show, I'm joined by Najee Karar, Gareth Ellis and Paul Hope. Evening, fellas. Good Hello. evening. Good evening, gents. It seems like absolutely ages since we last recorded or watched 49er football, but in reality, it's not even a week yet. It just seemed much, much longer. It feels as though we've had our bye week, which is ironic because obviously after the game on Sunday against the Saints, we go into our bye week. So then it's going to be a fortnight before we get to record or watch 49 football again. So we've got the New Orleans Saints coming up on Sunday. Um, we all remember last season's game with fond memories. It was probably <laughs> the game of the season out of all of the games in the NFL as far as excitement is concerned. And obviously, especially for three of us on this short night, myself, Paul and Gareth, we all shared the experience up in Edinburgh as it was our in-season meet-up. And uh, what a night that was, I, I believe. I've heard rumours about it. <laughs> I can vaguely remember your Facebook Live at one point. The, the one I deleted through embarrassment. Yes. <laughs> ah, possibly that one. Yeah, definitely. To be honest, I thought just before the show, I should really go back and listen to the review show from that Saints game because I can't actually remember whether or not we did one. Because what I do remember is I absolutely suffered for three days after that Sunday night game. It was the longest hangover I've had for a long, long time. But it was a well-earned hangover because it was such a fantastic night. Yeah, it was uh, It was one of the great meetups, wasn't it? I know like Nadji unfortunately couldn't make it and the plans this year, we, we've not been able to get one in, but... It, for me, just signified, didn't it, Lee? Like everything we've done in the group and the meetups, the atmosphere, the fact that the our famous Saints fans, Dakota and Ross, over on their honeymoon, joined us. She yeah. was tweeting me earlier in the week, and I know it's looking, looking through the photos. Gareth with a fireball in his hand, Lee with a fireball in his hand. <laughs> I was thinking that's where it went downhill. Yeah, <laughs> and it went downhill quite quickly, as as I recall. I think mm. the fireballs came out during the first quarter. Oh, dear. <laughs> you know, the um, the video the 49ers shared a couple of days later where it was the reaction around yeah. the world afterwards. Ironically, when we were coming home on the train the next day, Tracy said to me, I really should have videoed you guys before that last second field goal. And I was like, oh, you've said that now. Of course you should have done it. Because we yeah. definitely would have been on that video because that pub erupted. Yeah, I've got, I've got to say, that was probably the highlight the fact that we all shared in that moment as uh, goal kicked the, the game-winning field goal um, and just the reaction from everybody jumping up and down, hugging each other. Obviously, we were all 12 sheets to the wind by then anyway and it was just <laughs> such a fantastic feeling that. And I, I think that'll stay with me for a long time as far as all the meetups are concerned. I think it was like the closest we've got to, I suppose, soccer fans getting to watch their team every week. I think it was the first time there was a big group of us. It was in a sports bar. It was on the telly. There was other fans there. It was all light-hearted. It was all good humour. Um, obviously, we had Jay Peplo in performance, fully beating the positive drum. Like you said, like, it was just a game. I mean, you just see George Kittle shaking three, four, five of them off, and you immediately think, oh, 
what we'd do to have him out there on Sunday. Yeah, it would be good mm. if we could get uh, the same performance as we had last season, but it's looking very unlikely. And I think Sean Payton is the type of coach that holds a grudge. So I wouldn't be surprised if he takes advantage of our injury status at the moment and gives us a complete and utter spanking on Sunday. So with that in mind, Najee, how do we win this game? Or, or how do we lose gracefully? <laughs> I think I think it's the NFL, right? Um, anything can happen. Uh, nobody could have predicted that the Cowboys were so close to win the game on last Sunday against the Steelers. Nobody predicted the Jets could, um, you know, handedly almost win that game before they decided to um, go back to Trevor Lawrence and, and lose that game on purpose. Um, but, you know, it's the NFL. Anything can happen. I think we can win it. And I think it's going to take... Just, it's pretty much the same uh, game plan as we had against the Packers. They're a very similar team. In terms of personnel, they've got, you know, a Hall of Famer QB. They've got a very good running back. They've got probably one of the best wide receiver on the outside. Um, and then they've got a solid defense. So I think it's going to take a mistake-free game. Um, and we're going to have to make some plays and try to... I, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's a very much an uphill battle, but... I think it's doable. Um, they they embarrassed the Bucks last week, so I'm hoping they've got that good game in the books and, and then uh, now they can have that bad game against us and uh, that would help, I think. Do you think there's any fear of them coming into the game a bit complacent? I don't know. I don't think so. Sean Payton, I think, as you said, is A, got the grudge from last year that... You know, was probably the highlight of our season, probably the best game we played all year, um, arguably against, you know, against a very good team. The tightest game for sure, the most enjoyable to watch, um, you know, up and down and, and all that. So I think they're a very well coached team. You know, they've got, as I said, all the famous all around the pitch. Um, they've got veterans that know what's, what's what and will remind everybody that, you know you can't you you can't let them you can't let a team hang around otherwise anything can happen and I I don't see it but um, I mean it is possible after what they they handed to the Bucks last week I think they might maybe be on a bit of a high and we might be able to take advantage of it let's hope so I'm I think the matchup for us is is uh, like last week um, against the Packers if we can if we can stop them. Um, and I believe we can. Michael Thomas's um, relationship with the team seems to be a bit sour, so um, maybe he's not putting 100% in. And if we can stop and stifle Alvin Kamara and, and make sure Drew Brees doesn't have easy throws, if we can limit them to a minimum points, and then if Nick Mullins can you know, not throw silly interceptions and, and keep the ball moving, I think we've got a shot. What yeah. do you guys think? Yeah, yeah, I think you know we we've got a chance. I think we should. Uh, we're obviously hugely depleted. Um, it's not going to be perhaps the game we saw last year from what the sporadic bits I remember of the game. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'd like to see us do do what we, we try to do against the Packers, which is which is attack the field a little bit more and and try and drive the ball down the field with a few more more chunk plays. Hopefully, Mullins has got a couple of games under his belt now. Uh, you know, hopefully, he might be coming back into into a little bit of a of a, of a rhythm. Uh, he should at least have some uh, more wide receivers to to throw the ball at, which will will help. Um, I don't think we're we're getting Mostert back. I don't think we're getting Sherman back, and I and I don't think there's any real real reason to rush them back for this game when we've got the bye week next week. Um, and and to be honest, where we are, we we can still make the playoffs, but I don't think this is a much uh, a must win game um, for getting through the through the playoffs. So I'd really like to see us just go out and try and you know solidify that offensive performance, try and get a bit of bit of confidence. Uh, you know, try and get a, a a bit of a bit of something back in into the team for this for this final stretch after the bye week. Yeah, I think like what Nadji said, Lee, we need mistake-free football, don't we? I mean, yeah. let's yeah, be I honest, mean... <laughs> we're all very optimistic on this show, none more than me. And for the 49ers to win, like Nadji said, mistake-free football, we can't turn a football over. I mean, let's face it, what did we need just after facing Rogers? It's the Saints coming in after that game. I mean, I watched on Monday night and you can't take anything away that were dominant, that were complete. I mean, the passing attack, I think it was 12 different guys. He was just throwing the ball around. But I, I thought, what not? You thought, maybe they've got that good game out of the system. And maybe we go in there, there's no pressure on us. What, backup QB, backup tight end, backup wide receiver. I mean, hopefully Debo's back. But you're right, Gareth, I think Mozart's um, not playing. And I took Nadji's advice earlier and I was listening to Sherman's podcast with Chris Collinworth and Sherman yeah. himself said he doesn't think he'll be making this week. He's, he's looking for after the bye week. I mean, maybe the Saints fall for the trap game, Lee. Huge win. They're coming into this. Maybe the downplaying us, you know, maybe Sean Payton is saying to the guys, it's not the same 49er team, you know, the, the beat up. Maybe they're looking past us. And as Nadji said, look at the Cowboys on Sunday night. Didn't think for a second they were going to push the Steelers as close as they did. The NFL, any given Sunday, I'm hopeful. It just depends what game plan we've got in place. Where do you think the game's won or lost, Lee? Oh, that's difficult to say. I mean, looking, you you can't go past the Packers game because that was the last game we played and we just didn't execute very well at all. Obviously, we, we do have players who may come back. I don't think Sherman's ruled himself out. I know Shanahan's uh, cautious about it, but he made a point of saying Dr. Sherman thinks he's going to be ready for the Saints game. So (laughs) it it all depends on how he does in practice this week. I think the Holden Debo out, not because they've got that many concerns about him, they just don't want him to practice as much at the moment. So I think Debo is potentially going to play um, but I think overall this game's come one week too early for us. Last season we were complaining about the, the week four bye week. I think yeah. a week 10 bye week this season would have been absolutely perfect for us. But I'll also echo what Gareth has just said. I, I don't think it's a must-win game, not to make the playoffs. I think to make the playoffs we need to concentrate on the divisional games, beat those, and when we go into the the next divisional game against the Rams... That's after our bye week. Potentially, we're going to have Sherman back, Debo back, Mostert back, potentially Coleman, he might be back, um, Richburg, Blair. 
we're going to have a glut of players come back. At the moment, we've got absolutely no idea how long Jimmy G is going to be out. Um, initial estimate said he's going to be out six to seven games, which would have put him back to the last game of the season. But then they kind of changed the tune and said, well, actually, it, it doesn't appear to be that bad. We'll monitor it. He may be back before the end of the season. Um, so obviously that'll be a big boost as well. So I'm getting away from the actual question of how we beat uh, the Saints. But overall, I think we still have a chance of the playoffs without a shadow of a doubt. We just need to look at it, be pragmatic about it. Um, definitely win our divisional games and that's going to give us our best chance. As far as the game on Sunday night, it's pretty much back to what we always do week in, week out. We need to establish the run and we need mm. to hit them with short sharp passes because that's how we play that that's how Shanahan set the team up um we may see the odd long ball because obviously Mullins uh under center rather than Jimmy um and he seems to be a lot more confident in Mullins ability to hit somebody downfield so we might see that um I think it all depends on who's actually on the field for offense as to how we win the game but we definitely have to run the ball and establish the run, which is going to be tough because the Saints' rush defence is quite good. Um, yep. They're actually ranked first on NFL.com. But if you have a look at the DVOA, um, they come in at, as fifth. So they're still a very good um, rushing defence. But we're not your typical rushing team. We don't get our rushing yards the traditional way. We get it through... Um, Gadget players, trick players, um, yeah. and that makes a huge difference to a team's ability to defend against the rush. So even though they've got the fifth best rushing defense, we've actually got the sixth best rushing team. And I think because of how we rush, I think that's going to cause them problems. My main concern is actually the other side of the ball and how we actually stop Drew Brees. Um, I think it's... I think it's going to be difficult. He's got some really good weapons. From all accounts, Emmanuel Sanders has got a bit of a crutch and uh, he wants to go out there Sunday and kick our ass from all accounts. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he must have realised last season when he was traded for that it was a one-year deal purely because of what he was expecting to get paid the, the next season and the fact that we were on a Super Bowl charge. So I can't get my head around the mindset of players like that. They know exactly why they're coming in. They're coming in for a short period of time to fill a need, but now he's got a big grudge. If he's got a big grudge, fair enough. Let him have a big grudge. Let, let him have a word with uh, Fred Warner about this grudge that he's got. <laughs> let, let, let's see how that works out there. Eh? I think it's just, a, it's just a mindset some players need to, to, to be competitive. You know, you you hear about the dark plays and, you know, what players have to do to get to that level of... Mm. Of, of athleticism and, you know, ignoring the pain or, or, or whatever it is to, to be able to play this game at the highest level. And maybe that's what he needs. Maybe he just needs a bit of a grudge and a bit of a chip on his shoulder to, you know, I've got nothing against Emmanuel Sanders. Um, he knows it's a business. I'm pretty sure it's not it intended. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, I agree with everything you say. It's going to be difficult, although, you know, Breeze has been on the injury report with his right shoulder again. Um, he's obviously aging. I don't think he can sling it downfield quite as much as he used to, even though he was never a deep ball guy. Um, he, he did have a pretty, you know, 40-yarder in him. I don't think he's got that anymore, so that, that, that does make our life easier, especially with missing Tart. 
because you know injuries even though we're not talking about it anymore they just keep happening um week in week out as Todd just gone on IR so Marcel Harris is going to play um so obviously that's a bit of a of a downgrade um but you know we've got um the PFF just released their half a season all pro and, and we've got two on our defense so obviously we've got Fred Warner uh, if people listen to this podcast, they know how good he is. They know how much we love him. Um, but You've never Jesse, mentioned. I've never <laughs> mentioned it. Uh, his jersey's on his way. Uh, <laughs> very, I'll have it very soon, apparently. Can't wait. But uh, Jason Verrett has actually um, scored high enough to be a PFF All-Pro. So I don't think people would have expected that. Um, uh, and I'm really, really looking forward to see him line up against you know Michael Thomas and um, not so much Sanders because he, he lines up in the slot, but whoever else takes him here, my my lineup at the wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, we all know what's going to happen. Um, it might. I, I can see a shootout. I think I think that's kind of what we need almost. And if we can come down with, as you said, Paul, we could just can't turn the ball over. Otherwise, it's going to be even more difficult for us. But if we can stay in it and just sling it and score touchdown for touchdown, then who knows? We might again get the ball last and and score a field goal and and be happy. I kind of disagree with the fact that it's not a must win, um, purely because we'll we'll run out of time. Um, I, I agree that we need to win against the Rams and the Cardinals and the Seahawks to be able to make it to the playoff but if we can just get to five and five now um it's a step closer because i do believe uh, eight and eight might do it it's such a competitive nfc this week this year um who knows uh, who knows who's going to make it uh, and, and if covid kicks in even more and game have to be cancelled the, the league has said that there might be an eighth team per, per conference so who, who knows? We might be able to make it, you know, a, a, a seven and nine, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't want us to. But I think eight, eight win is where we need to be, and you know, just win this one, and it's one step closer. So I, I don't know. I, I just, you know, it's football. Let's, let's see what happens. But I, I do think we have a shot. Brandon Ayuk's back. Uh, Kendrick Bones back. I think we're a lot different than we were against the Packers. Uh, that was a short week. We got, you know, it was a horrible loss in Seattle, and then we had to travel back home and play the Packers straight away. Which, and then we got hit by COVID, which was, it was just a bit of a, a bit of a shitstorm, as they say, for us. And then having ten days to prepare for this, I think, I think we will look a lot better. Um, as I can see us winning this game more than us in, I've seen us won against the Packers. I think we get, we've got a better shot at it. Well, I think offensively, yeah, one of the most important people coming back is Trent Williams. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's true. Yeah, you make good points. We, you know, we forget it was a poor, poor game against the Packers, but obviously all the plans had been just thrown out because of the yeah. the COVID tests, and and suddenly losing Trent Williams and obviously Justin School had a had a tough night. Um, uh, hopefully, let, let's see what uh, Mullins can do with some receivers and and a bit more O line uh, in front of him, um, and give him a chance to to show what he can do. Because yeah, he's he's absolutely nothing to lose, uh, and I I hope we go out and and at least you know a, attack these games rather than trying to think oh that sort of how we might approach them if if we had particularly our run game 
we may want to do that that ball control sort of stifling six eight minute drives I just don't think we can do that we we've got to have a different different style of football and I'd like to see us adapt to that and at least go and have a go um yeah, I, I don't think it's a must-win game. I don't think it's it's worth bringing those players back. I think to get eight and eight, the games we've got to win are the Cardinals, the Rams, uh, the Cowboys and, and Washington football team. Uh, if we win those four, that puts us at eight and eight. And the, the Rams, of course, have still got to face us again, the Seahawks twice and the Cardinals twice. So that could knock them right down and, and we could potentially leapfrog them into that last last playoff spot. So I, I, I perhaps I disagree, Nadji. I, I, I don't want to see us potentially risk bringing players back now and see this as a must-win game. Uh, when... No, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't really particularly want to see Sherman or or Zebo if he's not ready. I ju- I'm just saying I wouldn't, I wouldn't want us to give up on the game just because it's the sense, right? It's just if we can steal a win, if we can win by a point and and get this win column. I, you know, you take it, and then and then maybe you don't have to win against Seattle the last, you know, week seventeen, and you know have a headache of starting Jimmy that's not you know quite fair, or starting Kittle that's not quite fair. Maybe maybe we can be in a playoff before that, and not having to worry about that. And you know, that's what I'm thinking. It's just win now, and then we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow kind of thing. It's just, that's that's my thinking. But I agree, I wouldn't I wouldn't rush anybody in for the sake of it. I see K1 Williams might be back. He, did, he didn't practice Wednesday, but he's on the injury report, so he might play. I see Tevin Coleman uh, is looking like he might play as well, although they didn't practice. So. so K1 Williams, I wouldn't expect him to play. No, me neither. But. So he has a high angle sprint. Um, yeah. He's expected to be out uh, anywhere between five to seven weeks. Oh, wow. okay. The reason they're not putting him on IR is because he's already been on the short-term designation. If they put him on IR again, that's his season done. So oh, I think, I see. I see. yeah. So I think he's just on the injury report for, for this week, going into the bye week. So they're going to assess him at the end of the bye week to see how yes. well it's progressing. Right. If it's not, I think that's his season done. Right. I see. Okay. I mean, to be fair, Jamal Taylor um, has been playing quite well um, in his absence, so that's that's quite good for us. Um, no, I'm just saying, yeah, there's no point, you know, putting the future at risk and having niggles that can last years to, to win this game. 100%, you know, there's there's no need for it. But it would be good to be a five and five rather than four and six. It's of just uh, you, there was an interesting thing you mentioned there. I, I listened to the Matt Mayoko. Uh, podcast earlier uh, and they made an interesting point talking about Jimmy G which is if he can come back for maybe the last say two games of the season if we're still in playoff contention that means Mullins has has done enough of a job so if Mullins is doing that job to keep us in playoff contention would you have Jimmy in and if we're not in playoff contention why why necessarily then rush Jimmy back for the two games? I just it, it, I haven't thought of it that way and I wondered what you guys sort of felt if we were if we were in that situation. Jimmy's fit, two games left to go, we win both, we're in the in the playoffs. Would you would you play him or, or stick with Mullins? It's it's hard to say now, right? Because we don't know what Mullins is gonna do. Um well, and yeah. insight insight is everything. But I if mean, he plays well and he's, he's done enough to get us in play in, to still be in with a shout with the playoffs. That's the point. If we're still potentially 
can get to the playoffs with the last two it, season. I guess it depends. Stuff. I guess it depends how well it does. If he's lights out and he's won his game, you, you don't take him out. If he's just managing the game and we're winning because we've got a better defense and he's not putting the numbers, then you put your the best QB, which is obviously Jimmy. But uh, what do you think, Paul? Yeah, no, I was, I was just about to say, Nadja, you go with a hot hand, don't you, in yeah. this league? And if, it, yeah. if, it, if Mullins is playing like Tau. But like you said, Gareth, it is food for thought. You know, we would all take that right now. If you said, right, two games to go, we're in playoff contention. You just trust them to make the right decision. It's well documented on this show. We're all rooting for Jimmy. We want him to come back and prove. But ultimately, we just want the best for 49ers. And if it's Mullins playing lights out, we stick with him. If he's like what Nadji said, just managing the game, and it's more, you know, Fred Warner Shaw and the defense and Kinlaw's getting us there. But it's a good a good question. What do you think, Lee? I think it's got to be Jimmy G. Yeah, definitely. If it's for two games at the end of the season, I think uh, Jimmy G needs to come back in. Purely because I've got a Jimmy G jersey and not a Mullins jersey. <laughs> hey, we've all got a Jimmy G jersey. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, um, it's it's going to be a very interesting scenario if it does play out where with two games left, he's fit and he can come back and we, we're knocking on the door of the playoffs. Um, the, the reason it's going to be interesting is if he makes the decision to stick with Mullins, that is it then. That is it for Jimmy. Yeah. His career as a 49er is over. I think if they're thinking about restructuring his contract for next season, and I think that is definitely what they're thinking about, even if they're thinking about drafting a quarterback, I think what they're thinking first is, let's restructure Jimmy, let's draft a quarterback, have that quarterback sit behind Jimmy. Because even though they don't have the confidence in Jimmy throwing it downfield, judging by the players that are being called, I think they've still got more confidence in Jimmy winning a game than... Mullins or Bethard so I think if it does come down to the last two games Jimmy's fit Jimmy will play and then the restructures contract in the off season it'll be a, an incredibly team friendly contract as long as obviously he wants to restructure that um, otherwise they'll just cut him um, or try and trade him after that I, I think we're going to draft a quarterback and I think just he's going to sit behind Jimmy. It's just it's just ironic though he was sat here talking about Jimmy after arguably one of his best games last season against the Saints. Yeah. yeah. He had it yeah. down the field. And that, this is one of the games Jimmy supporters use, isn't it? The Saints game. Oh, Jimmy is, can't yeah. throw. Did you watch the Saints game? Jimmy can't put the team on his back. I mean, we all remember Kittle bulldozing down the field, but Jimmy still put the ball in his hands on what is it, a fourth down play with yeah. seconds to go. No, that was um, you're you're right. That was by far his best game as an owner. Um, yeah, for sure. That's that's the Jimmy G we want back. But I yeah. agree with you, Lee. You know, Let, let's go into predictions then. Sure. <laughs> so the Saints are nine point favourites, and the over under is maybe he's an, an omen. It's forty nine. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Um, so I'll go sit- first. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. I was going to say go for go for it, Najee. I'll go first. I think, I think it has to be a, sh- a shootout. I, th- I think there's no way, as you said, Gareth. I think there's no way we can control the ball, run the ball, control it, play the game we, you know, we want to play. We just we just don't have the personnel to do it. Whether it's on offense or on defense, and I think 
I think one of the most realization that I've had this season is even if no one was injured on, on offense and, you know, we, we still had Kito and Garoppolo and, and Mustard and all that, I, missing Bossa and Thomas and the, and the D-line just changes the way we, we should have changed the way we play offense as well. Just because we can't, we can't get off the field fast enough. We can't put pressure on, on the QB to make mistakes and, and, and feed off that. So I think it has to be a shootout. Um, I think Mullins has to put the team kind of on his back and, and have a lights out game and in the dome. Um, and I've, I'm going to go with a 49ers victory, 39-37. I thought we were going to be realistic this week. Okay, if we're not. <laughs> I just, you know, I can't come here and take my team to lose. It just doesn't feel right. Um, no, I'd rather I know exactly be wrong. what you mean. I'd, I'd rather be wrong and, you know, go on a preview and have the booze rather, and the review, I mean, have the booze rather than sit there and, and take my team down. I think... So, so what was I that scoreline? 39-37. And I think, uh, I think Fred Warner is going gonna, is gonna to have a day. As right. well. So who's going next, Gareth or Paul? Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm happy. We'll we'll leave Paul say best or last. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> the, uh, you see, you see these funny things come around in the NFL, don't you? These little sort of synergies and coincidences. Uh, I reckon Gould's going to win it for us at the death again. Thirty-one thirty. Thirty-one thirty. Nice. I would accept a last-second Robbie Gould field goal again, Gareth. You are correct there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what did you say, Lee? The over-under was 49. It was. So, I mean, it was. I mean, obviously, the 49 is to get 40 points, keep the Saints to nine. I can't see that happening. Now, last year, it was 48. <laughs> <laughs> like, really, I mean, last year, it was a 48-46. I'm, I'm predicting a shootout like Nadji. I'm always going to say Niners win. I let my heart rule my head. So, I'm going to say a repeat of last year, 48-46. Right. But I am going to make a bold prediction that Nick Mullins has a better game passer rating than Tom Brady did against the Saints. Ooh. <laughs> well, that's now, not that difficult, is it? like a great headline, but when you look at the fact that Brady was intercepted three times, didn't score any touchdowns, and had a passer rating of 40.4. Oh, that's, that's terrible. Just, yeah. I want Mullins to be better than that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so I, I think... I think it's going to be a close game. I do. I don't think it's going to be the massacre that everybody uh, thinks it's going to be. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a field goal in it. And I think that field goal is going to be scored by the Saints. Oh, controversial. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going for a Saints 31-28 win. Is this the Ooh. first time you've ever called against the Niners? No, I don't think it is. I think I've done it once before. Okay. Well, you're sure right I then. Well, you're wrong. I was right about who won the who won. Yeah. But nowhere near right with the score. The score was actually a lot closer than what um, what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be a blowout win, but uh, we actually did well that day. But yeah, I, I can't help but think that the Saints have got us here. Um. If I knew who was going to be back on Sunday, 
obviously we're doing the podcast on a Thursday night, so it's difficult. We've only had one day's training. No doubt within the next 20 minutes we'll, we'll get the injury report from today. Um, to me, I think if Sherman plays on Sunday and we've got Sherman opposite Verrett, I think that makes a huge difference. I'm not game. sure it does. He's been missing for eight weeks. There's no way it'll be game ready. Uh, there's no even if he practices tomorrow over today, Thursday. Yeah, but uh, I think his, his his presence on the pitch yeah. gives gives uh, Breeze something else to think about and Peyton something else to think about, doesn't it? Sure, I guess yeah, that's true. I mean, I that's just, what I meant. That's what I meant earlier, Lee, when I was listening to a podcast like like Nadji said to listen, and Sherman was just saying he's fit, but there's a difference between being fit. And being game ready, yeah, and he yeah. he personally believed that it was a a week too short for him. You know, he wasn't ruling himself out that he wasn't fit. He was just saying the NFL, you know, you, you train all year for it. I'm not game ready at the moment, but possibly like what Gareth said, is it something that he could be thrown in there to throw the Saints off? You know, Verrett and Sherman in the backfield, a, not a bad combination. You know, that'd be pretty uh, pretty sweet to him. Yeah, I think I think I was going to ask the question earlier. Out of all the players who could potentially come back in the next two or three weeks, if you could only choose one to come back for this game on Sunday against the Saints, which one would you choose? Jordan Reed for me. <laughs> he should he should be playing. Um, it's yeah, it's either Sherman or Kit, all right. I think. Well, Kittle's not due to come back the next two or three weeks, though. I mean, Kittle's not due to come back until the, the last game of the season. Oh, I see. For you, man, if you had the choice, who would you pay? Um, of the ones who were just about to come back. So you've got the likes of Sherman, um, Sherman, think, Mostert, potentially I think most, Richburg. Mostert. I mm, think yeah. Mostert, Mostert is just too much of a of an X factor for us. It, it changes everything. That's, uh, that's assuming Debo's fit. And playing, otherwise it's him. Um, I just think our running attack has looks so much different with the. It's just a threat of the touchdown from anywhere um, mm. that we we don't have when he's not there, basically. Um, unless unless the Michael Hasty has just decided to, to do it, but after the performance on on Thursday night, I don't think so. Not yet, anyway. Um, I think he's got a long way to go. But yeah, I think most of it changes everything for us. Yeah. yeah, I'd agree. I'd, yeah, I'd say Mostert out of, just like you've said, he's just, it brings a different dimension to our attack, doesn't he? Something we've missed in recent weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Right, guys, thank you very much for joining us on the short night. Always And hopefully we'll all be talking about uh, a victory on Monday night and the fact that I was the only one who went against the team and we actually won. Yeah, <laughs> we'll say it's it's the paint fumes have gone to your head a little bit yeah. too much and yeah. uh, not seeing clearly, it's fine. Yeah, six, <laughs> six days of paint fumes. <laughs> okay, thanks once again to everyone that listens to the show. We'll be back on Monday with the review show. If you haven't done so already, please rate us on iTunes and remember to subscribe to ensure you get the latest podcast when they are released. Also, check out our YouTube channel by searching for 49 Faithful UK. Until Monday, stay safe and go Niners. Go Niners. You love the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick, where all students of Bill Walsh don't ever forget.